Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? It is the Fightful Weekender podcast. Some of you may be looking at this and saying, I thought this was a Fightful Select exclusive. It is. Every once in a while, I'm going to give you all free previews. Maybe you're on the fence about Fightful Select. You're not sure what you're going to get. You don't want to make that leap. I polled our Fightful Select subscribers, and it was a unanimous thumbs up from them. I said, hey, guys, do you mind if I give this weekend show away for free? Kind of entice people to join. They all said yes. So uh, bless those wonderful people at Fightful Select who <laughs> who gave us the thumbs up to do that because uh, it means a lot that they believe in us. Over at Fightful Select, you can uh, get the Fightful Weekender podcast on shows like this. We talk Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, uh, NXT, 205 Live, New Japan, Being the Elite when it's on. But that's not it. It's not just uh, non-WWE Raw and SmackDown stuff. I also run through the Fightful Wrestling Weekly where I have about a thousand words worth of exclusives or behind-the-scenes stuff. We do a lot of that. Also over at Fightful Select, every two weeks I drop what's called Dark Match Commentary, and the most recent one was my most favorite one. I found a Vic Grimes versus Crash Holly Dark Match, and I thought it was going to be terrible. And I made an ass of myself in this Dark Match Commentary because Vic Grimes looking like meatloaf, was the truth on this thing. So that's up there. Every two weeks, I do a Q&A podcast where I take questions from people who are in Fightful Select, not in Fightful Select, and uh, I'll just answer them on the podcast. Absolutely anything. It can be about wrestling, MMA, boxing. It can be about uh, working at Fightful, working elsewhere. Don't care. I'll answer it. Also, I brought back the monthly members-only podcast. Our first guest yesterday was Nigel, the producer of Listen You Boy. He also helps run Trig Tent, also a musician. And I talked about one of my theories about Walking Dead and Breaking Bad crossover. Lots of cool stuff over there. Uh, <laughs> Alex Anderson says, y'all's grateful asses are welcome. Hey, he's a sponsor level uh, subscriber over at FightfulSelect.com. And he picked next week's or next month's retro show, which will be SummerSlam 2000. This month's is Backlash 1999, and speaking of, I'll have uh, my podcast notes for that retro podcast up on Fightful.com this weekend. Of course, I'll plug a couple of things over on Fightful.com right now. Our boy Carlos Toro. There aren't a lot of bilingual people covering pro wrestling in America right now. He's doing it. He interviewed Pentagon Jr. in Spanish, translated it to English. Great, great stuff. Ole Sammy Ole says, best background yet. Yeah, okay, so... You see one of my wedding posters over here. It's still down. It's still kind of, we're going through like our eighth winter in Kentucky of the year right now. So this spot behind me is blank. Had the titles, the little indie titles. They're pretty much mass produced replicas these days. 
And that people keep asking me what that white ribbon is. That is a, a submission wrestling medal. Uh, those are, you know, whatever. I, I like this like this setup a little bit better. The TV's not obnoxiously in my face as I cover things. I'm not stuck in a corner. But we got lots of stuff over at FightfulSelect.com. Uh, you can get tiers where you get Jimmy Van's uh, book that he published about 12, 13 years ago. You can get the extended Stupid News of the Week segment. That's always a lot of fun. And also you can get early access to like all my interviews, segments, all that. What place medal? Uh, I was, I think it's second. Well, it's silver. So yeah, it was second. So uh, FightfulSelect.com, if you haven't checked it out, go over there, check it out because we just have a ton of stuff over there. Uh, we even have le- levels that uh, where you can sponsor the show for a month, six months at a time at a drastically reduced rate of our typical uh, podcast advertising rate. So check that out. Let's talk weekly wrestling here. Let's just get into it. Weekly wrestling. Yeah. Ring of honor. I just think Colt Cabana is so good on commentary because he doesn't let people bullshit on there. If somebody's doing a move wrong, he'll say, ah, that move is not applied correctly. And this is why they're going to get out of it. I love that about a commentator, a no nonsense commentator that isn't afraid to point out the deficiencies on screen because so many companies want their wrestlers to be portrayed as like just they're they're supreme they can't they can't fail i can't stand ring of honor crowds though man and to be fair when i go to a wrestling show i'm not like up and jumping around and wild i was at royal rumble last year but i'm more reserved i'm more quiet in person but these Ring of Honor crowds, man, you could hear a pin drop. Then out of nowhere, they'll just start banging the guardrails. And I'm like, that's that's all you got? That's all you got, man. Uh, I thought that Takahashi and Kazarian were working their asses off in their match, and they just got a couple oohs here and there. And Ring of Honor does that thing where they make like venues that they go to and fill up look tiny. You all got to do better than that, my man. Takahashi got the win after a fantastic match. I really used to have a problem with the frequency of New Japan's wins over Ring of Honor, but pretty much they are just the same. They're the same thing these days. Somebody asked me about Masters of the Craft. I'm going to watch that hopefully soon. Uh, I've got the rundown of the matches that I can't miss. I was hoping to watch them before today, but man, it's been crazy at FIFA. We've got a ton of uh, exclusives this week. Zach McDonald says, what's your take on the Superstar Shake-Up aside from the previous years? Those are on the Raw and SmackDown shows, and I have uh, individualized clips on our YouTube for it. Backstage on Ring of Honor, Beer City Bruiser and Malonis attacked Leon St. Giovanni backstage, but Shaheem Ali is willing to fight them both. I didn't know what to make of Malonis at first. It's I haven't seen a lot of him. The man is obese, but he can work a little bit. Like I watch him, and because of his size, I'm a little concerned for him, like legitimately. Ali makes it about five minutes. It seems like 10 trying to fight off both of these guys. The dogs are out next acting like they're drunk. I, you know, it seems, it literally seems like a road dog ripoff gimmick, but Rhett Titus does what he can do to, to hang around and he makes a good living doing it. They offer the big boys some drinks and eventually spit at them. I, when, you know, I mentioned that about Malonis, he does a great job at one thing in particular in this match. The dogs worked really, really hard to get the big guy off of his feet over and over and over again. And a lot of big guys would just stay down. But Malonis has been wrestling for about 17, 18 years. He is a veteran. He doesn't look like he's been wrestling that long. He looks like he's in his late 20s, early 30s. But as soon as he goes flat back, he pops back up. And he, he turns his shoulders towards the opposing ropes. That's important because... If you don't do that, then that shoehorns Rhett Titus into making a pinfall. You will often hear me say that that uh, if you're flat back in the ring, shoulders down, you got to pin the guy. You have to pin the guy. That's the entire point of a pro wrestling match, at least standard rules, is to pin the person's shoulders to the mat. So if they're doing that for you, you go for it. Malonis took the bump that got him off of his feet, but immediately popped that, that I think, left shoulder up, turned towards the opposing rope, and it let... Rhett Titus go tag and Will Ferraro, which the match wasn't over. It still had some juice in it. And uh, Beer City Bruiser and Malonis ended up winning. So I, I just thought that was such an underrated psychological aspect of pro wrestling. I had somebody ask me that taking all professional 
aspects of pro wrestling aside, like me doing this for a living, would I uh, like abdicate all knowledge of behind the scenes stuff in order to enjoy it better? And I wouldn't because I like training in pro wrestling too much. And I like the psychological aspects and the artistic aspects of it most, I think more than just watching and enjoying it. I like, I love the psychology, psychological aspect of it. I just like psychology in general. If you all remember on the Shane Helm show, he joked and said, what books are you reading? And I was reading uh, <laughs> psychology of sports and physical activity at the time. Like, it's such a big part of pro wrestling. It's a beautiful part of pro wrestling, too, that, that I really like. I love real fights, and I love what goes into making not real fights as well. After uh, the dogs get him off of his shoulder or off, off of his feet, Malonis wins with a pretty nice-looking superplex. And uh, Malonis has been wrestling a long time, so you wonder if he's going to get in any better shape. But with the obstacle of his weight, he did good for the kind of matches was in. They they ended up losing to Motor City Machine Guns about 15 minutes in. But Motor City Machine Guns really seemed like the heels in all this. They beat up the, the two winded, overweight guys after 15 minutes and then really healed up on or healed out on Young Bucks. At one point, Alex Shelley stomped Matt Jackson's head in a Knicks wiener. Okay. Uh, Saban has the best face buster sell of all time. That slingshot face buster that, that Nick does, just a great sell. And I love Matt Jackson's inverted infrared. This match gets wild before the Young Bucks roll up Motor City Machine Guns for the win. Really, really good. Uh, Kingdom are the absolute absence of heat. TK O'Reilly going after... A fucking axe is the dumbest shit ever. We know it's not going to be used. It was like Abyss using that Janus weapon all the time. We know it's not getting used. Stop it. The absence of heat. They even hit him with a ball bat after the distraction. TK being they hit one of the Young Bucks with a ball bat after the distraction. Young Bucks eventually win. You knew they were going to win. They're the over ones. Man. Any tips on being a pro wrestler, becoming a pro wrestler? Uh, Learn about wrestling. I mean, I learned about pro wrestling so I would be a better journalist. That's why I did my training, my catch wrestling training and stuff. I never wanted to be like full-time touring pro wrestler or anything. My body couldn't handle that. My mind couldn't handle that. You got to be mentally strong to do any level of that. Unless you just want to wrestle locally once a month, there are plenty of spots for that. But if you want to go on the road and do that, you got to be a lot mentally. You have to you have to be a different type of mentally strong to do that, and that's not something I would ever be interested in. NXT this week, you know, Johnny Gargano is not a very strong promo, but people love him, so that's half the battle. If you can get people to love you, they're going to forgive your uh, your lack of promo skills. He says that after defeating Champa, he's still got one thing to accomplish, and that's the or he he said he's still got one thing left to do. And he says that they want to rid NXT of Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina. But then he says he has something else left to do, and that's to win the NXT championship. Uh, Alistair Black comes out and grants him a title shot next week. He is, as Kyler says, he's an endearing promo. Yes, Twitter is down for me, guys. We get Fabian Eichner, who, from my contacts at the Performance Center, you may have heard me say this, draws a lot of comparisons to Cesaro. He does a bear hug in a match with Ricochet. He is better than that. Can't do that. This is a fine match, but not as good, as wild as I thought it would be. Ricochet picks up the win after a 6.30. Great move. Uh, Ricochet has some work to do on promos, but that's why he's there. He name drops a lot. Like Even when he showed up last year in Long Beach and he did that New Japan promo, he, he was dropping names. Didn't, didn't quite like that. See an EC3 vignette. I would like to see more of those on the main roster as well because they're very good. We get the Lars and Killian Dane promos. Yeah, sure. Maybe don't use the Wiener cam on Lars Sullivan because it looked like that camera was just mounted on his crotch and he was just standing there looking down, giving that thing a pep talk. Uh uh-uh, uh, my man. No way. Oh, this Kona Reeves vignette. Oh, boy. I'll reserve judgment until I see him in the ring with regularity, but how many of those gimmicks can you do? The finest jewelry, the finest sunglasses, the finest clothes, but he's out there in a a white jacket and tidy whities I I don't know, man. 
going to have to do a little bit more than that in my estimation, but we'll see. We'll see how it works. It's just, it was a little cheesy, but we don't know the direction they'll go. I like these Undisputed Era backstage vignettes with their music playing and they're doing this photo shoot and <laughs> it, we'll see we'll we'll see what they do with Bobby Fish but I like him staying on TV. They're keeping him on TV despite the fact that his his knee injury will sideline him likely throughout the end of the year MCL and ACL so he's probably out for a while. Luis Martin says SRS reserve judgment. Yeah, I usually do unless something is objectively terrible. Like the Nicholas deal, that was terrible when it happened. It was terrible the way it played out. It's terrible that they're having a Raw versus a SmackDown team at Greatest Royal Rumble. Pretty telling, yeah? Also, a big fan of Shayna Baszler's locker room promo. It's different. It's great. Dakota Kai just kind of walked out. You don't see a lot of this stuff. WWE doesn't want their entire locker room getting punked out, but... Shayna Baszler's in a position with that roster right now. Like, why wouldn't she try to do that? Why wouldn't she try to do that? She is the the she's the meanest bitch on that roster, and that's that's really her one of her gimmicks. And she plays it to perfection. You know what? To be honest, she doesn't play it. She just she turns mean instead of cordial and nice, and that that's her. She turns it up. War Machine. Deliver a real ass kicking on some jobbers. Boy, that knee that Ray Rowe delivered right out of the gate. Thumbs up, brother. I was sick. It's the kind of matches they need. But, you know, you do have to wonder, like, how many teams are going to be like this? You know, Bludgeon Brothers squashing people. Authors of Pain didn't squash Slater and Rhino this week, which is kind of weird. But you'll have War Machine doing it here. Will we have a team on 205 Live do it too? Will they find like some big – will they get the dicks in to, to meet that 205 Live limit and run some squash matches? I doubt it. We're going to have quite the uh, Haas division. It's going to be pretty wild, my man. Pretty wild. So uh, I, I like them. I think they do that as well as anybody. They're a different kind of Haas team. You're not going to see Harper and Rowan or the Bludgeon Brothers do what they do quite as much. I'm all in on them. I wish they had Sarah Logan there, but whatever. The Pete Dunn thing where they catch him outside, like I said, I like the format of them doing that. It's a good way to keep him on TV. The model is nice, but he was just like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to beat up Roderick Strong. Uh... Got to work on that. That's why they're in developmental. The Sullivan-Dane match is much better than the last, but still not my cup of tea. The no-DQ gimmick fit very, very well. Sullivan missing that diving headbutt on a chair was hilarious. You all have to see that. (laughs) If anything else, that was just really, really, really funny. So check that out for sure. Both guys get scraped up get scraped up really bad. There's a, a good Vader bomb from a bloody Killian Dane. The freak accident on the chair wins it. This was the kind of match those two needed. And Sullivan's hanging around, so he wins. A good call there. Wouldn't have mind, minded them uh, sticking around and tagging and maybe have been, maybe have been a good feud for, for War Machine because everybody else got beat in that tournament, the, the Dusty Rhodes tournament. So... What else? What else you got? Everybody else got beat. Okay. No unbeatable teams left to, to beat the unbeatable team. Candace LeRae's theme, theme sounds like a 90s teen sitcom. I, didn't, I don't like that theme. Uh, Zach McDonald says, Congo Kong dominant on impact. Yeah, I will talk about that later. I was not a fan of his match this week. It was really cool to see Andrade Cien Almas as Zelina's second for a change. Like he was there doing all the things that Zelina did for him. He was there to be uh to be the second for Zelina, to help her out just like she's done for him, to return that favor. The match was kind of sloppy, but it needed it did what it needed to do. It rode off Zelina and Andrade Cien Almas. Uh we got an in stereo Gargano escape to get the job done. 
Uh, this is where Gargano challenged Black, who says that it's going down next week. You know, it is, it's it's a little bittersweet to see Andrade Cien Almas leave NXT because we saw his, his tragedies and triumphs on that main roster. We saw him with fucking suspenders, you all. Suspenders. They, ah. Uh, Alex Anderson says, you said Almas' uh, character is good for SmackDown. What is his character about? I don't want it as much NXT. The best way that I have explained it, and you got to be a baseball fan to understand this, he is WWE's Manny Ramirez. And maybe that comparison's easy because he's a, a Hispanic guy who kind of is nonchalant about things, but that's that's him, Manny Andrade, <laughs> being Manny Andrade. That was that was his name before uh, Andrade seeing Almas, but that was him. Like you believe that in the middle of the match he'll leave and just go walk and mess around with the commentators' table, just be like, whatever, don't care. But then when he gets in the ring, he's so good. He's so good. And Zelina had to help put him on that. Sony says Ramirez kind of did roids, though. I don't care, man. No amount of steroids can make you as good at baseball as Manny Ramirez was at baseball. You want me to pull up the man's splits? I will, because Manny Ramirez is one of the greatest baseball players I ever got to see. 555 home runs, a 411 OBP. Oh, boy, he drove in 165 one year. You can't do that just because of steroids. I'm sorry. Ole, Sammy Ole says, same gimmick as Naito. It's going to work. It is the same as Naito, only he has a, a girl like Zelina who is great. It's versatile. They can make him work a lot of different ways. I'm very, very, very excited about Andrade Cien Almas. As far as Gargano goes, you know, he's still got unfinished business with Ciampa, but that eventual match with, with Aleister Black is going to be good. For a while, NXT couldn't afford to lose people. Like it was, the cupboards were bare, and all of a sudden, they can afford to lose the iconics. They can afford to lose authors of pain. Maybe not authors of pain in that tag division because they haven't done a great job building it. Uh, they haven't done a great job of, or they they haven't done a great job of restocking the women's division yet. But uh, there are tools there. You got the Bianca Belairs. You have the Candice LeRae's. Zelina's not going to be there, but. Uh, Dakota Kai, they've got a little story there with her and Shayna Baszler. So I, I wonder if they're going to do the dominant NXT Women's Champion thing again because that's what they've done multiple times. They did it with Paige. They did it with Asuka. Um, so I wonder if they'll they'll go back to that so quickly. Luis Martin says uh, NXT is in a nice state. They replenish well. Elias Roman says sign Tessa Blanchard. They want, they've wanted to. There are reasons they haven't. 205 Live. I hate how Vic Joseph is being WWE-ified and calling moves as, oh, you all know how much I hate that. You had Ari Davari against Mustafa Ali. I'm a sucker for that spine buster on the floor spot. We used to run open house matches pretty illegally, now that I think about it, at my catch wrestling gym. And there would be a ring, there'd be a matted area for MMA. And everybody knew the matted area. It was hard as hell. And we went over there and did a big spine buster spot on that outside of the ring. Got a great reaction. I love that spot. I love a good 180 degree spine buster where you pick the person up, shift the weight, push down. Big fan of it. Sometimes it can go wrong though. If the if you're in a ring too small or the person has too much momentum and you got to hold them, walk them around, slam them down. Jesse Brown says, what do I think of Percy Watkins on 205 Live? Do I like him, Sean? Percy seems generic, but there are times on NXT when Nigel's not there that I think he does very, very well. It's I'm sure it's a work in progress, even though he's been there a year. He's He's got to learn to get his words in around Nigel and Mauro Ronaldo, and that's not easy to do all the time. A fan of Davari doing a frog splashes an ode to his brother. Sean Davari used to do that with like a rug on the indie circuit, and he called it the magic carpet ride. Mustafa Ali gets the win. Fair match. Uh, Ali almost clipped his ropes, on, or clipped the ropes on that imploding 450. He did. He just barely came in contact with that top rope. I wonder why Davari scowls so much. Is that his character? That he scowls all the time? I don't like it. Don't like it. 
Ali talks about not letting the title slip through his fingers again. Okay. Fine. WWE had to get creative about editing Murphy's finish last week because he messed it up. I do like the aspect of him missing weight again, or or him missing weight after he's tried to so many times. Uh, He's a great talent. Big fan of him. I love Alex Pawlowski's idea of making the 205 live tag titles tornado rules. And I think they, they kind of need to be floating. Like if you have a cruiserweight tag team in NXT, let, let them compete. Showcase it on Raw a little bit. Let people know. Like what we're doing here for this podcast. Let people know on Raw what they can get on the WWE Network. Kendrick and Gallagher defeated Jobbers. I'm glad to see Kendrick back. He doesn't look like he's in ring shape yet, but they have unique offense together and a good dynamic. So a lot, one thing you'll hear me mention a lot, and eventually, I've been saying this for two years, but uh, we will do like uh, wrestling move breakdowns. I'll go to the gym and I'll have somebody break it down, whether it's me and my wife or me and my wrestling coach. But a lot of times when you see somebody like Kendrick's captain's hook, you'll hear me complain that they could easily sit out of it, like the Sasha Banks move, the, the bank statement. There's nothing to block the hip to keep that person from sitting out of that move because she leans back instead of over and back. Uh, I'm sure that at times she will, but the reason I say that is because when somebody's... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Kern. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Kern.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill face down and their their chin is up like that all or what they really need to do is push up and switch their hips opposite of their opponent's body and they will sit out and they'll end up on their back and it will be a pitting predicament but it will alleviate that pressure and they'll be out of the hold same with the crippler cross face same should be the case with the captain's hook but brian kendrick does such a good job shifting his weight across the body of the opponent that it doesn't give them that opportunity to sit out. If you all have ever, if you all saw my my breakdown of the Omo Plata in MMA that tapped out Aryan Buller, Jinder Mahal's boy, as opposed to the Yes Lock. Uh, the Yes Lock is an Omo Plata with a crossface. Now, normally you could sit out of that, but in the Omo Plata, you reach around, you block the person's hip, you keep them from rolling through, you keep them from sitting out. Also, uh, well, they can't sit out in a in a threaded arm lock like that. But also, uh, you can flatten the hips, and then they can't do anything because then they don't have that space to sit out, to roll out. So uh, I like that Kendrick does that. That's one of the things that I've missed. I've heard him of him training people, and when they get out of head scissors and they use their knees to get out of it, he loves that because that's what you would do if you were really trying to get out of that instead of just, oh, okay, I'm going to bounce you off the ropes in a headlock. doesn't always work. One of my favorite spots was somebody like working a headlock spot that somebody just couldn't get out of, and that opponent wasn't going to let go of it until that till they realized that the person they were wrestling could get out of that damn headlock or or a hammerlock underrated move. Uh, Lucha House Party are hilarious. This is the best. I, I I think this is probably the most I've ever enjoyed Kalisto. He fits so he fits so well. Somebody says, why isn't Kendrick interested in uh, revenge on Atami? I think he will be. I do think he will be. I love Metal Leaks all black gear. Tazawa's ha is still over. Really enjoy his deadweight senton to the outside. 
these two teams are so physical, and that's something that's been – I sound like a broken record when I've covered this feud in previous weeks on the Fightful Weekender podcast exclusively on FightfulSelect.com, free today for non-subscribers. But they've, they've gotten this over with physicality. They've beaten the crap out of each other, and they have they have done such a good job of making this about competition and physicality that it's it's gotten me into it. Double moonsaults on one of the damnedest stair spots I have ever seen from Lince Dorado. Jesus, Lince Dorado took these stairs so hard. It hurt me to watch it. I was not happy about the Tower of Doom spot. I would like to see about one Tower of Doom spot a year. But, ah. Alex Anderson says beating Atami means nothing at this point. Beating uh, Tazawa and Atami might mean something at this point. I'm... I had initially had my reservations about the 205 Live tag titles, but these two teams, they've got me in on them. I'm ready. And they, they've they started to do the Kendrick and Gallagher thing. And you, you got to have something for these undercard guys to deal to, to battle for. Personally, I think it should be the UK Championship. I think the UK Championship should, if it's not going to be NXT secondary title, it can be the 205 Live secondary title. Uh, or the, the UK Championship truly is a floating championship. Tazawa straight up used Kofi's finish. And uh, I want to say hats off to Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado, among the most underrated talents in wrestling. You'll often hear me say that I don't like the handspring stunner. When Will Ospreay does it, when Jay Lethal does it, I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to have an opponent just standing there and handspring into a cutter. It's stupid. Why wouldn't you just hit him with a cutter? In fact, if you did the handspring into it, it would push your opponent's momentum backwards. You'd end up doing the old lash or the whiplash 2K move that Lash LaRue did in like 99, 2000, where he he grabbed the person in a cravat and he had a leg sweep. Underrated move, but yeah. But it would push your opponent that way. A regular cutter pulls them forward. However, Lince Dorado had two opponents. So when he did it, it wouldn't necessarily push your opponent's momentum, both of them, backwards because you've got two people to work off of. Also, he did it off of an Irish whip. He wasn't doing it just to do it. He was like, I'm getting Irish whipped. How do I get out of this? Oh, I know. I'll flip. It stopped the momentum. It changed his his course of direction. That was a brilliant way to make that move make sense. I loved it. This match ruled. Go watch it. It was really good. 205 Live main events are are can't miss every single week. Yes, Lars Sullivan and uh, Lacey and among others, they they did wisely delete their tweets. About the parenting thing, yes, they did. Impact Wrestling, Congo Kong is so goddamn slow, man. It... If he's going to be that slow, and you can't, you don't put him against Morrison, that's for sure, or Johnny Impact, or Johnny Mundo, whatever you want to call him, Johnny Underground, I don't know. It was a sad display of pro wrestling, man. Like, you had Congo Kong doing this. Uh, uh. It's hard for me to buy him as that monster when you have Falaba so quickly in, in the next like one of these next matches and he's doing so much better. And man, Morrison had to slow down. Morrison had to stop and wait on Congo Kong at some points. It wasn't good. Eventually Congo Kong runs Morrison into a set of stairs. It was just no good. There was no heat in this match. I'm sure that the the length of the tapings didn't help because I, I know this was towards the end of it, but I'm sure it'll be better at Impact Redemption uh, this weekend. By the way, we do have a live post-show podcast for Impact Redemption. Myself and Adam Martin of WrestleView.com are going to do a simulcast, and I'll talk a little bit about that in, in a minute. I do think that if Impact Wrestling wants to, they can make Fala Boss special, although I do worry about, like I said, a guy that big, I worry about their health. Uh, Kiara Hogan and Sue Young in this intergender match with, with Braxton Suter and Fala Ba, they were real good. It gives me a lot of hope for that knockouts division, especially after Sue Young came in and 
wasn't necessarily impressive with her finish when she first came in, but Kiara Hogan and Sue Young looked awesome in this match. Fala Ba is getting over too, even with this dead crowd. Allie attacks Sue Young after the match. Good stuff. I thought KM was kind of funny calling out jobbers. He's not usually my cup of tea, but he said that he wants to fight the, the Dwayne Gills, the Barry Hardys, the Barry Horowitzes. Brian Cage answers his challenge, kicks his ass, uses the F5 as a finish instead of the, the screwdriver, essentially. I spoke to Scott Steiner about Cage using the screwdriver. I'll have that up in in due time on Fightful.com. Also, I liked LAX's backstage promo. It was really, really good. Uh, Conan adds so much to that. I had some people that were, because I tweeted the thing about how Scott Steiner on the media call said, Everybody's mad at Donald Trump saying that he wants to get all the Mexicans out of here, but who's going to mow the grass? They're going to mow my grass after this. And I had a lot of people that said, oh, it's he's a heel. He's supposed to say stuff like that. Well, I guarantee you one thing. Impact didn't want him to say that. It won't be used in the buildup for this match. He was speaking out of character through a giant portion of this, this, uh, this media call and really saying – is, I thought he was supposed to be a heel, is the new, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. You all sound like Randy fucking Marsh when you say that, because he targeted an entire race. I'm about common human decency. That's cheap heat. That is cheap, lame heat. Also, if you have to explain somebody's heel heat to somebody, it's probably not good heel heat. That could be debated because, you know, sometimes... Uh, that can be, you know, like Jason Jordan. Some people don't get his heat. That's, that's the right kind of heat in my estimation. People say, and it, one, if you're defending a guy for his heel heat, is it really heel heat? Hmm. I did like, uh, Eli Drake and Scott Steiner's promo on this show though. But yeah, that was just a weird thing. I got a lot of responses from, I was like, oh, politically correct. No, it was just. It was a dumb thing to say that Impact PR would not have wanted him to say. It's kind of weird. Now, uh, otherwise, on that show, man, he or on that media call, he said a lot of controversial stuff. But I mean, he was he was pretty good. He's pretty entertaining. You know that he's uh, going to be an entertaining watch. Goodfellas says Conan killed Steiner in the promos. Yeah, he did. Conan is one of the best promos in wrestling right now. We do have Impact Wrestling Redemption coming up this weekend. Ishimori, Desmond Xavier, uh, El Hijo del Fantasma, who is King Cuerno and Lucha Underground, DJZ, Trevor Lee, and Brian Cage. So this is Brian Cage working <laughs> with a bunch of X Division guys, and it's going to be a showcase to display that he can hang with them, and he is going to win this match. He's real good. He is the guy they're pushing. He's undefeated. They'll they'll have him win this one. Drago versus Aerostar. This is a pick em. I think they'll probably go Aerostar, but just an awesome match to add to the show. Matt Seidel versus Petey Williams. All due respect to these two guys, I like them. Impact X Division Championship match is, <laughs> is going to have trouble living up to Drago and Aerostar and the six-man... Tag match and the main event of the show. This might be the fourth fastest like paced match on the show, and it's the X Division Championship match. I think Matt Seidel wins it. House of Hardcore match OVE against Tommy Dreamer, Moose, and Eddie Edwards. I don't get it. Not a big OVE guy. I get what they're doing with Sammy Callahan. They want him to be their next big heel. He's out there legitimately beating the living shit out of people with weapons. To me, the art of wrestling is <laughs> not beating up people or not hurting them. You know, somebody says Brian Cage is good within two years. will be in NXT. He wasn't developmental. He wasn't in as uh, good shape as they wanted him to be, and he has changed that. Although, got to do it the the clean way there. I think OVE is going to win this Hawks Hardcore match. Allie against Sue Young. I could see Sue Young winning this match. They think a lot of Sue Young. Them using Sue Young makes me wonder if they will eventually bring in Rich Swan, who has continued wrestling. And I, I'm a, I'm not opposed to them giving him another shot. I know a lot of people have descending opinions on Rich Swan and how that unfolded. 
There have been issues with both of those, but if they can prove that they can stay out of trouble and that issue does not recur, people deserve second chances in this world. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think Rich Swan would be a good addition to Impact Wrestling. I think Sue Young's going to win here. LAX against Eli Drake and Scott Steiner for the Impact Tag Team Championships. LAX are going to win this. Eli Drake should move on to bigger and better things than tagging with Scott Steiner because all due respect to Scott Steiner, he is a cameo. And LAX is a great tag team and a great act. And it's it's a place keeper right now. I think LAX is winning. Impact Global Championship, Austin Aries, Pentagon, and Ray Phoenix. I don't see Pentagon winning this just because he told us at Fightful.com that he has a few dates on after this. And I don't know that they, they would do that. They had originally slated Alberto El Patron for this, but El Patron going to El Patron. Austin Aries' gimmick is that he has every championship around, so I think he's going to win this again. But a good main event. We know it was good because it was good at the the LU versus Impact Wrestling show. Definitely head over, check out the the Pentagon match or the Pentagon interview. We have we have it in Espanol on our YouTube, but we're putting up the stories in English on Fightful.com. So make sure you guys check that out. Fightful Wrestling Weekly Talk. Oh, yeah, Stone Osborne says, didn't know this is actually a live thing. Cool stuff. Yeah, I figured. it's. It, I don't want to say it's a quiet day, but I wanted to give people a preview of what they can check out on FightfulSelect.com every week. Superstar Shakeup Scripts. I'll give you all some exclusive info now. Probably easier to tell you guys what is not on the scripts than what was in them. The raw script is available over at FightfulSelect.com for free, so you can check that out. And it mentioned a ton of names that were joining Raw. However, it uh, left a lot out, like the uh, social media announcements. Both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's appearances on Ms. TV were left as blank spots on the Raw script, as was the eventual uh, appearance of Bobby Roode in the evening's main event. The Riot Squad debut was also left off the run sheet. Generally, it seems like those with music entrances are put on there, but or are left on there, and some of them that make run-ins aren't necessarily. But if their music plays, generally they are, unless they want to definitely keep it a surprise. Drew McIntyre, R-Truth, also unmentioned. No info given on the scripts about what iteration of Sanity would be called up, which is why I made sure to specify when I posted those spoilers on Fightful.com that I wasn't sure who was coming up with them. Unfortunately, Nikki Cross was not brought up. There was also no, they didn't mention agents on the show. That seems to be a very sporadic thing that they do with these documents. Pardon my cough. I didn't have time to mute this. I spoke to several WWE wrestlers about their, uh, about the superstar shakeup as compared to the draft. Obviously they can't go on the record. WWE doesn't like wrestling websites, talking to pro wrestlers. It's weird. You can hear that somewhere else on the site. But the morale of the situation seemed to have improved. And, um, and like, it really, they like it a lot more because there were a lot of people who would find out where they were drafted based on watching the TV show. And they thought that was not cool. I mean, it wasn't, it's just, they find out when fans find out that you hear a story back in the day Jim Ross didn't find out until he was sitting at ringside and saw it. J, uh, Chris Jericho wasn't drafted on TV one year, and they said, oh, well, you'll f- find out at WWE.com. He had to make the next town. So one wrestler said to me, quote, not working the guys that are working for you is always a plus. It shouldn't be a plus. It should be the, just the way things are, but for some reason, that's just the way things are. I knew people who found out that TNA wanted to fire them after they were in that briefcase match and others who didn't know they'd be changing shows until they saw it on air. That can change a lot for people, end quote. They're talking about the Feast or Fired match. When they say that's just the way it is, because that did used to be the way it is. Vince McMahon loved that unpredictability, and they used to split up a lot of couples. They don't seem to be doing that a lot these days. And best friends, they're keeping them together. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, they kept them together. So um, I, I think that's a positive. Anytime you can make your wrestlers happier and create a, a happier work environment and – also, I think it's better this way. The superstar shakeup, you get to look at that. I get to analyze who, like within storyline, traded who for who and how that package deal came together. I like that a lot more. It's more content for us. It's more interesting for WWE than having 
Shane and Stephanie out there. Oh yeah, well I picked this. Oh yeah, well I picked this person and doing a lottery and all that. Like that a lot. Uh, I don't have a lot to go on on this one, but Rusev's not being fired. He wasn't being fired. We reached out to the Instagram email address that he put out there about inquiries. Didn't hear back. But I was told by somebody within WWE he's not being fired. They they like him a lot. They it's just I mean they like him a lot. Don't know if they'll push him. Whatever. I can say we got in a little bit of heat. Impact Wrestling uh, wasn't too happy that I asked Sanjay Dutt about Jeff Jarrett's Hall of Fame induction, which was going down the same time as the Impact versus Lucha Underground show, which, you know, I didn't, I had, I don't even look at that WrestleMania week schedule too much until like a few days before. So I wasn't aware, but understandable miscommunication. But I think they won the night. I thought Impact versus Lucha Underground was a better show than the Hall of Fame. Five and a half hours can be too much without action. So WWE brought in a lot of WWN talent for their big WrestleMania week shows, including Fightful's own Jason Kincaid. If you all haven't checked out his writing, just go to Fightful.com, search the keyword at the top, Jason Kincaid. He has just so many stories from getting his Ring of Honor tryouts to Evolve contracts, wrestling in Mexico for donuts, like just a lot of cool things. Uh, They didn't tell the wrestlers when or if this stuff would be aired, but they did tell them that they would be filmed. So a lot of WWN talent, we got like, you know, Keith Lee, Stokely Hathaway, Jason Kincaid on there. Some good stuff. You'll notice that the company has stopped. And a lot of the times when you'll see people doing that on air, it'll be old timers. You maybe don't know and aren't smartened up to the fact that they aren't pushing that price tag as much. The reason they're not pushing it as much I'm told is because they do want to introduce a tiered system. I don't know what will make up that tiered system, but they are planning on doing it. And it will be a thing that becomes the norm moving forward. I think that's fine. If they're, they've got deals in order with progress, ICW and other companies, then, then you got to do that. May have seen our interview with James Lynch with Chase Sherman, a UFC fighter known for his social media uh, presence. And he had a tweet last i think it was it was four or five months ago it was in december where he posted a tweet of the young bucks it was bullet club and flip gordon and the the quadruple drop kick spot or septuple whatever he said grown men watch this and it got me and daniel cormier ufc light heavyweight champion into a i don't want to say a bit of an argument a bit of a disagreement daniel cormier is a gentleman and he's really really good at uh, seeing both sides of things but he spoke to James Lynch this week about that situation. He fights Saturday night. We do have a UFC Atlantic City post-show podcast. But he said that he didn't know or expect such a big pro wrestling fan base. And one of the guys that came at him was Colby Covington. Colby Covington is fighting for the interim UFC welterweight championship in, uh, I think, I think May or June. And boy, you know, all the things I say I said about Scott Steiner later – Colby Covington's one of those guys you either like his heat or you don't. And he will say things that will put you on both ends of the spectrum. He is speaking out to get a name, and he has the talent in the ring to do it or in the cage to do it. But Colby Covington did work for Impact Wrestling along with a lot of American top team. He did the old pant shitter kick, I call it, the liver kick as a finish, essentially. And he went at Chase Sherman, and they they feuded. and argued <laughs> in the interview, Colby Covington or, or Chase Sherman really takes aim and says that he called Covington a piece of shit, not worried about it. Covington and American top team haven't been seen on impact uh, in months. And I thought Dan Lambert was really great at that, but that was, that was a bit of a crossover article. That was a crossover crossover. Hmm. Jonathan Coachman missing the next week's raw Booker T will replace him. I'm told it's not, uh, not permanent. So there you go. That's about it for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. Of course, guys, every week I do this show. It goes about 30, 40 minutes on uh, FightfulSelect.com. Just mosey on over there. Take a look. Before we go, I will uh, give you a rundown of our stuff. Uh, in the $5 level, you can get uh, like little merchandise things. You can get uh, Patreon-only texts and video posts. We do Q&A shows twice a month on there where I answer any of your questions. We do a monthly retro review show where I reviewed uh, 
Backlash 1999. That was such a fun show to go back and watch. Access to our Fightful Photo Gallery, monthly outtake footage and behind-the-scenes footage, uh, bi-weekly dark match commentary, access to all of our members-only podcasts. Then you go a step up, the $10 level. You get a copy of Jimmy's ebook uh, or an e-copy of Jimmy's book, Wrestling's Underbelly from Bingo Halls to Shopping Malls. Jimmy did a lot of promoting back in the day and booking, so that's a good one to, to check out. You get early access to Fightful interviews, including Wikipedia fact check, making a finisher. That season, I haven't even started putting it together yet. I release like Wikipedia fact check, Squash City, uh, making a finisher in seasons. That way you all don't get too tired of them. I haven't even started making a finisher, but I've got some of them up on Fightful Select. You get access to Jimmy Van's match archive, which uh, a new match goes up every month. This month we have Bobby Roode from way back in the day. You can get uh, extended access to the Stupid People of the Week segment. That's a lot of fun. Uh, Fightful shirt if you stay at that level for four months. And then on up, we have uh, sponsor tiers. You can sponsor one show for one month and get like a mug. Gosh, I wish I had it right here. I need to keep it here. You can guest star on a podcast, likely a members-only show. Also, we will write a topic, write a column on the topic of your choosing or review a show of your choosing. You'll be credited in the content, and you will get a sponsorship spot for one episode. So if you want to plug your Twitter, you want to plug a company, you want to plug anything like that, you can. Then we have it on up, where you can do like a one-time $1,000 payment. You get a month of, uh, or two, yeah, you get you get a cardboard cutout. Sorry, a little scatterbrain. Haven't eaten today. Uh, you get <laughs> the life-size cutout in the background of listing your boy. You get a custom ring entrance announcement from Justin Roberts. All the previous stuff. You get uh, podcast sponsorships. Then we have like the big one. Like if you want to sponsor every show for six months, we have that. And you'll be flown out to Toronto to be on the listing your boy. And you'll get the laser and great guitar. My God, you guys. I apologize for the scatterbrained uh, stumbling I've done here. It's been a long week, but guys, thank you all so much. Check out FIFOSelect.com. We would greatly appreciate it. Guys, until next time, we're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.